Hi, I'm Kara Kilmer. I play Sylvie Brennan on Chicago Fire, and you are listening to Minas Amolis. gonna be all sunshine and roses but i can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride welcome back everybody to meet us at molly's episode 97 i'm one of your hosts my name is bryna with me as always is gina hello and guys, this week we decided to do something a little bit different. We weren't sure we weren't sure what we wanted to do this week, so Gina came up with this idea to throw it out to Derek to see what we should talk about this week. Yes. <laughs> and Derek came back. We didn't know we weren't sure. We were like, he's gonna do something crazy, but if he does something crazy, that's fine. It's from Derek. Like we're gonna do it anyway. I was bracing for the worst. I was like, he's gonna come back with something and be like analyze the emotional something or other of hope compared to like Jerry Gorsh or something. I was expecting like a college thesis. Yeah, which he didn't give us that, which we would have nailed that, I feel like, by the way. Oh, we totally would have. Yeah, we would have nailed that. But he came back with something way not not even close to that. Um, he said, hey, why don't you do your favorite comic storylines of all time on fire? Which is such a great idea. Yes. Fantastic. So that's what we're going to be talking about this week. But first, as always, we have a little bit of news to discuss. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is Marina did an interview with the Build, the AOL Build series in New York. She was in New York doing a little bit of press. Um, and it was really good. I love the Build series. I always love Build series interviews. Same, same. I'm... I kind of need to dig into a little further of, like, what they are. Because I know Roland had done one before the week of. Everybody. Like, everybody does one. Yeah. And the guy who interviewed Marina, he knew his stuff, too. So I was like, is this just, like, for the fans? Is this – because I hear Build Series, and I'm like, is this, like, their version of TED Talks? Like, what is this? But – Everything I've seen so far, it's really good. Yeah. I know it's AOL, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. And they don't just – it's not just TV. Like, music will come through. Um, Like, I've definitely watched a couple with, like, country artists. Um, And they're always really good. And I've seen that guy. I don't know his name off the top of my head that interviewed Marina. I've seen him do a couple ones. I feel like maybe he did Roland's. Um, And he's really good. Um, But all all of their interviewers are really good. Yeah, so maybe he's, like, their resident shyhard. Maybe. And I feel like, though, they do – one of the reasons I really like their interviews is I feel like they strike a really good balance of, like, asking the questions that, like, we as diehard fans have heard the answer to 10 million times mm-hmm. that, like, normally I'd get really annoyed with and asking, like, good questions about things that are actually happening right now that, like, I want to know the answers to. yeah. Very, yeah, very much so. The questions that he asked Marina were really, really good. There was a lot of stuff that, you know, some interviews you hear these questions and you can answer them. And this time I was like, oh, I am intrigued. Right. Yeah. Like there were some that I was like, okay, like I've heard this one before, but like I get that they have to ask it to a like newer audience. But there were definitely some I was like, oh, this is good. Like this is new stuff. Like I'm here for this. Um, yeah. But one of the things, so kind of, I guess, the biggest thing that came out of this interview was they were talking about, you know, like, what's coming up next for Marina. 
And she was talking about how when she got went back to Chicago that week, this is this interview's been out, I guess, for like two ish weeks now. I think so. Yeah, and you guys know every time we take a week off, our our sense of time gets completely warped. And so it might have been two weeks ago. It feels like it was like a month ago. I don't know. Whatever it was, the week that when she got back to Chicago, she was getting ready to shoot a big Burgess episode, yeah. which is really exciting. And one of the things she was talking about because they talked about. Burzik, which was just like very nice and exciting because like I feel like especially recently now that Burzik is not an item anymore like they never get talked about in media so that was really nice but one of the things Marina said was that there in that episode there's a bit of Burzik and to quote her directly action or resolve coming up that I didn't expect uh and we've talked about this because the minute that we both saw that, we were just like, excuse me, this had better not be a scene of closure. I don't want any closure. This had better be like an I still have feelings for you scene. Well, and then she was joking after that, too. I don't remember in like what led up to it, but she was joking. She's like, maybe we're building back to something. And I'm like, Marina, don't mess with us. Like, <laughs> I don't want you to say maybe we're building back to something. And then there'd be a scene of closure, like you're saying, and it'd be like, fuck this shit. Yeah. Marina doesn't really play with us like that, though, I don't think. Right. Which is why when she said maybe we're building back to something, it's like, huh? Like, you better be. I loved the part when the guy interviewing her, I need to find out his name, but he said something about, like, Berzik, and he was like, yeah, you like you guys were a good couple. And Marina said something like, damn right we were. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, my queen. But, yeah, I just – I. This had better not be a, be a scene of closure. I don't want a scene of closure. I want, like, a really, like, lingering, like, oh, was there something between that scene? Like. Yeah. It's that yeah. word resolve that makes me nervous. Yes. If she had just said basic action coming up that I didn't expect, I'd be like, oh, okay. Okay, sure. But the word resolve, I'm, mm, I'm nervous about. <sighs> just, I don't, I don't like it. Like. I just want to shake the writers and be like, stop trying to make fetch happen. It is not going to happen. Like, stop trying to get these two to move on from each other. They still love each other. So, and I I don't know what episode that'll be, but obviously we don't have that many more left. So I'm assuming it's I, coming I up. I think it's 619. Okay. So in like two okay. or three episodes. Okay. Yeah. Um. But speaking of episodes coming up, so we've got the new descriptions for 617, 717, and 417. Gina, do you want to take us through PD? Yeah, so PD 617, this is the one that airs on March 27th. This is called Painkiller. And it says a mayoral candidate is shot by an unidentified sniper and CPD races to catch the shooter before he can take out his next target. Have you seen the promo photos, Bryna? Not for PD. I saw them for med because we were joking about them. But The mayoral candidate who is shot is Price. I, I figured. That was my first guess. Yep. But I love how yeah, that's yeah. just like such a casual line. Like a mayor, mayoral candidate is shot by an unidentified sniper. Like casual. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and, and we'll talk casual when we get to med as well because those promo photos are kind of a rip. Uh, but yeah, when I first read that description, I was like, way to try to sneak that past us. Like, Kelton or Price is getting shot, which means that the next target is probably Kelton. Right. 
Which means that Voight's going to have to, like, swallow his pride because he hates Kelton. And I wonder, though, if with Price getting shot, I wonder if that's where his daughter comes into play. I bet it is. And that, like, she helps his campaign or whatever run while he's down in recovery. Whatever happens. I don't know. I'm just making shit up. Yeah, that's... That's where my guess is where she comes in. Yeah, so that'll that'll be really interesting. The mayoral race is heating up in a good way. Like, I'm really excited to see how that finishes out. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I just know mm-hmm. that was the first thing I noticed. It's just like, oh, casual. Only on PD. Mm-hmm. Only on PD. Yes. Just very, very casual. Tried to slip that past us. Nice try. So then we've got Fire 717, and this is called Move a Wall. And the description reads, Tensions run high between Casey and Herman after the firehouse responds to an apartment complex fire. After discovering something extremely suspicious during the call, Kid and Severi do some investigating and get CPD on the case. Rhett struggles to deal with her emotions, while Herman's wife, Cindy, hopes to get her interior design business on track by taking a stab at redoing the common room. Oh, so much to start with there. Um, Stellaride plus PD equals yes, please. Yeah, I, I mean, I always love when Severide goes all investigator. Like, those are always just great episodes. So, yeah, throwing Kid in there is going to be really great. Um, also, Casey and Herman fighting. Like, I'm assuming, I mean, tensions run high. I'm assuming they're disagreeing about something. But we, mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever seen that. No. But if anybody is going to settle a fight pretty quickly, it's going to be Casey and Herman. They're going to disagree and then look at each other and be like, what did we just do? And then hug it out and be like, let's never do that again. Yeah, no, I'm not worried, but like, interesting. Like, that was just a dynamic. I was like, oh, I guess now that they're lieutenants or captain and lieutenant that, you know, they would have some kind of disagreement at some point. But interesting. Yeah. Also, Cindy in the common room. Yes, please. Oh, Cindy. You, you guys know how much we love Cindy Herman. No, and I mean, we'll talk about this later because Derek sent us his favorite storylines, but Derek said that that's one of his favorite comic storylines coming up, so I'm really excited. Yeah, same, same, same. Yeah. So then the last thing we have to talk about news-wise is Med's description. Gina, why don't you read that for us? So Med 417, this is called The Space Between Us. So when a car unexpectedly smashes through the ambulance bay doors, Dr. Choi makes some difficult decisions in an effort to save a worker trapped beneath the wreckage and April, who is also in danger. Dr. Rhodes and Dr. Becker tend to a patient whose best chance at survival is an extremely risky heart surgery. Dr. Charles struggles to come to terms with ex-wife Caroline's treatment. Can we start with the April bit? Yes. So the promo photos, um, April's literally like under a car. <laughs> yeah, she is like legitimately trapped. Which I, I didn't think she was trapped at first. I was just kind of like she must have crawled under there to keep the guy calm or something. But judging by that description, I'm like, wait a second. Does she get plowed down too? I guess so. But like in those pictures, it looks like she... Is on a, like, dolly or something is just rolled under the car to work on, like, the underneath part of a car. Like, that's literally okay. what it looks like in that picture. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Because I was going to say, this whole casually injuring April and then just being like, she got shot, but, like, don't even worry about it. That's 
kind of amusing. But that, I mean, that's, but I think you're right, though. Like, I think the picture makes it look one way, but that description makes it seem like she's trapped under there. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, so... I, I, yeah, if that's, if that's a continuing bit we're going to do where we casually injure April with, like, something kind of heavy duty, but are just like, don't even worry about it. Like, I'm here for that bit. That's going to be pretty funny. My favorite, though, is when you were texting me and you made a reference to the, um, Christian Stulte thing from our meet, from my meet and greet at (laughs) SCHE last year, and you were like, when's the last time we shot April? And I was just, like, dying. (laughs) This poor girl. I mean... And judging by the promo photos, like, I'm kind of glad that Severide's going to be there because I feel like that's going to keep Ethan from flying off the handle. Is it, though? Like, Choi's nerves are still going to be shot, especially after the one of the last things we've seen is him breaking up with Vicky because he realized that he's not there yet with her because he's still in love with April. I think it's going to keep him grounded just in that if he wants to make a ridiculous decision – Severide's gonna be there to be like, listen. Yeah, no. I care about her too. I've known her longer than you. Fuck off. Yeah, I'm also kind of the smartest character in this whole universe. Like, let's be real. We're gonna do this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, maybe he's not like the smartest in the whole universe, but like, if we're talking about incredibly underrated, smart characters in One Chicago, Severide. He's super smart. Yeah, he, he is. Also... Connor and Ava working on another patient who needs an extremely mm. risky heart surgery. I'm just like, SMH. Like, oh, I, know. I can't even. But Dr. Charles struggling with Caroline's treatment. Like, this sounds like it's going down a Severide and Anna path, and I'm not here from. I'm not Ooh, ready for my emotions to, to be played like that again. Mm-mm. I'm not no, ready no, for if that. If they never go through another Severide and Anna situation, I will be thrilled. Yeah, but that's what that sounds like. Like, I, I'm not here for that. Nope. Nope, me neither. Yeah. Yikes. So, that's what's coming up in when Chicago Land. Um, as always, if you guys see anything that you want us to talk about or just feel like we should be aware of when it comes to when Chicago, tweet it to us, email it to a, email us at meetusatmollies at gmail.com. You guys are great about it, and we really appreciate it. Yes. So, with that being said, let's jump into the episode. Gina? Yes. Whether it's on... So, the way we did this was we both came up with five of our, like, top storylines. But I'm curious, Mm -hmm. Gina, what was... Whether it's on your list or not, what was the first thing that came to your mind when Derek said favorite comic storylines of all time? Kruzuma. Yeah, same. Yeah. Same. I mean, I feel like that's the most iconic fire comic storyline of all time. Yes. Yes. What if we start off by kind of breaking down what to you makes a solid comedy runner on Chicago Fire? Ooh, on Chicago Fire? Ooh, that's so hard. I feel like for me, looking back on what I picked, no, they're also Mm -hmm. different. Well, no, it's so funny. So one of the things that I noticed, I, I like had a little bit of a trend when I was looking through my things. Three out of my five top store or comic storylines all technically took the place over like two episodes. Okay. I don't know why that was something I noticed, but that was just something that like ended up happening. 
Um, so I kind of, I guess I like when comic storylines, like, are legitimately, like, storylines and they're dealt, dove into a little bit more or recur back at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's something, whether it's a personality trait of, you know, Cruz or Herman or whatever, or, like, a hobby of theirs that they like, and it comes back again and again. Because then it becomes mm-hmm. more of, like, character development rather than just, um, rather than just, like, something funny. I guess that's something that I like. But I also, I don't know. I was all over the place. But that was just something I noticed in mine. Yeah. I like when it's kind of an extension of one of the characters. When it's, when it kind of comes from getting to know a character a little bit more. And you're like, oh, wait, I didn't know, you know, Mouch had this quirky interest. Or, you know, Brett was this much of a goofball. That's always really good. And if it, if it breaks up the trend, if it breaks up the tension of the episode, like, of course, that's always good. Um, something I think also too, that we also have to talk about was, so we decided, you know, like we were both going through, like, I was at least skimming old episodes, just trying to see, like, refresh my memory on some older episodes. Mm -hmm. Cause obviously it's hard to remember at least, I mean, I can remember the major strokes of all the seasons, of course, but going back into like the individual comedy runners, like that was really hard. But I think it's Mm -hmm. also just interesting to see too, how much fire has embraced the comedy aspect in the later seasons because like going back to season one season one is not that comedic at all i was gonna say when i was trying to think back on old episodes because of course the ones that i was immediately able to recall are from the later seasons but i was like you know i don't think there were a lot of comedy runners in seasons one and two season two it definitely there's still not a ton but you can definitely see like more of it but season Mm -hmm. one i had a hard time just really finding like any just because at that point you know they're trying to set up all the characters and their backstories and I mean at that point it was very much a drama and they're dealing with you know introducing Voight into you know fire so that they can spin him off and you know they have all the Hallie stuff like there's just so much that happens in season one that I'm like oh shit like where is the comedy but then I also was when I was looking through stuff too to like prepare for this I forgot too that like Joe and Yuri and Christian, they weren't also, they weren't main characters at that point. They were technically just recurring. Right. They weren't main until season two. So I wonder if that's when they realized they're like, oh, like this is something we could also start to really develop and nourish as like an identity of fire. And that's (laughs) part, I mean, once they became main characters, of course. So I wonder if that's why we also started seeing it more in the later seasons. Yeah, that's true. And something I like that we're starting to see is that we're kind of rotating more characters into the comedic storylines. So this year we finally saw Casey in a comedy storyline. That was good. I feel like we still have yet to see Severide in one unless there is one that I just can't recall. I think so. And I also, I mean, at least since we've done this podcast, so like season six and seven, like we really got to see more full comedy storylines with Cap and Tony. Because like obviously they were always around for some of the comedy storylines but to see like one of my favorite ones that we'll talk about is like cap one of caps like good comedy storylines from season six so like mm-hmm. the fact that they're getting like their own comedy storylines is just kind of fun yeah, yeah they're rare but sure. fun mm-hmm. yeah yeah so should we just go like back and forth like one one is that how we want to do this yeah i mean we could do that that's fine um yeah so Bryna, you've got kind of an, not obscure, but you've got a, an early one 
on your list. So start us off with that. Yeah. So one of one of the first things that came to my mind, honestly, besides cruising book, because that was definitely the first thing that came to my mind. But one of the first things that came to my mind was from episode season two, episode three. And it was the cinnamon challenge. Now, if you recall, the cinnamon challenge was something that Otis wanted to do on his podcast as a bit between him, Joe, no, him, Cruz, and Mouch to see who gets the third roommate spot with Shay and Severide. (laughs) And so they have it all set up. They were going to do it. Molly's was throwing some, like, unlimited happy hour beer tasting or whatever and so they had like a bunch of firefighters there who had all come out to see them do the cinnamon challenge and they're prepping to get ready for it and (laughs) Cruz notices that Otis has bought cumin instead (laughs) he like shows it to Malch and they just like look and Otis is like oh shit so then Malch drops out because Malch's like yeah I'm out like this is no we're not doing this so then it gets down to Cruz and Otis, and they get told by, I, don't, I think it's Bowden that tells them that, like, you can't, like, do that under, like, on the podcast, because, like, it looks, I mean, Cinnamon Challenge is already just stupid as it is, but, like, for CFD <laughs> firefighters to be doing it in public, essentially, or, like, on a public platform is just, like, really stupid, so then they're going to do the salt. Otis changes it to the saltine challenge. And Joe's yes. like, yeah, fuck that. I'm out. You can have the spot. And so then Otis wins the, wins the spot in Shay and Severide's new apartment. And that's how they become roommates. But I just like that's what I love the Otis podcast stuff. And that was like just a specific moment in the Otis podcast stuff. that I'm just like, oh, like that's just such a good moment. It's also a total reflection of the times because the show started in, what, 2012, right? Something like that. Season two was like 2013, 2014 when the Cinnamon Challenge and the Saltine Challenge were both a big deal. It's also just, I think one of the reasons, I mean, I love those early season two episodes because I, when we've talked about it before, but like when Jay gets introduced on fire, like that's, those are some of our favorite moments. And so this is like the moment in this episode where like Jay's there and he and Gabby are bonding and like Mills sees him and Otis is like, yeah, like he's, this is Jay. Like, you know, he, like, it's not that serious. And Mills is like, no, it's cool. Like they're cool. Like I'm happy if she's happy. And I'm just like, Oh, so that's just like also one of my reasons. Like I love that episode, but the cinnamon challenge is a great storyline. So I remember that now that you talk about it. I mean, because I saw that and I was like, cinnamon challenge, think, think, think. That, yeah, I do remember that. And I remember Bowden and Casey being like, pull yourselves together. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And so it's just, it's just great. Yeah, that's a good one. So mine are not as obscure. They're probably a little bit more mainstream, but... I mean, Kruzumba is my number one. And I feel like we'll talk about that more in depth when we get down to the listener suggestions. Um, I mean... My number two has got to be Brett and Mouch writing romance novels. Such a classic. It's such a classic. I mean, and it's totally unexpected. And so, and I remember this was a season premiere. I want to say it was five, maybe? Five sounds about right. It wasn't six because we didn't talk about it on the pod. No, no. So I think it might have been five. And so, I mean, yeah, just 
so funny because I mean it's, it's both of them and you're just like I didn't know either one of you had that side granted I guess with Mouch it's probably not as surprising because I feel like that's something that Trudy would be all about yeah when Mouch has always had like hidden secrets and hidden things I mean remember hell even in season one and this was the first instance and I couldn't really tell if it was supposed to be comedic or not but do you remember back in the end of season one like early season two when Mouch had that Japanese girlfriend robot no the girlfriend mouch no oh yes 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 i do so like i mean it feels like mouch is always hiding something that like you wouldn't expect but then when you say it you're like oh that kind of makes sense so like and that like and speaking of that storyline i couldn't tell that was technically a comedy runner or not but i was like that's kind of where i was like oh this is where i feel like they're starting to inject more of like a light-hearted like tone to some of these characters yeah. Um, so, yeah. Oh, solid. And I just laughed so hard, especially because, you know, with the fa- with fandoms and, like, fan fiction and everything, I was like, have they been lurking the internet? What have the writers been doing lately? So that was just classic. Yeah. So my next one, again, I went, I definitely went some, for some more, like, throwback ones. Like, I had fun scouring some old episodes, like, seeing what I could find. Um, and this is just something that's always been my favorite part of Herman, just because I feel like this has brought out, this storyline brought out Herman's loud, just, like, angry about something so silly and trivial as PB hockey, like, side. Um, so it technically goes, I, I wish it, even though I guess they're technically two different storylines, like, I kind of combined it together because they were the same season and they were both about PB hockey. So, like, I kind of mm-hmm. cheated and wished them together, but whatever. So I went with 312 and 320, which is where you see the Wee Hockey Draft and the Wee Hockey Championship um, episodes. And I love, I think I like the Hockey Draft more than the Championship, but they're both really funny. Um, and when they're talking about the Hockey Draft, like, it's just really funny. There's this moment when they're talking about it in the common room. And Casey, like, they're talking about it and, you know, they're pulling out the jerseys that, because it's going to be Otis and Cruz helping coach this team, and Herman's finally back in it after, like, two years off of PB hockey because he got suspended. And <laughs> Casey literally is, like, while he's looking down at the paper, he's like, I thought you were banned from the league, Herman. And Mouch is like, kids hockey bring out the worst in you. And I'm just like, it's just really funny because, like I said, I feel like it brings out Herman's, like, side that shows that he can get passionate about even the most trivial things like PB hockey. Um... And there, but there were also some really kind of sweet moments, like at the end of the hockey draft episode. Um, so in that episode is the big episode where the chaplain gets injured in the car crash. Yeah. And so at the end of that episode, because the chaplain's like a big hockey or once was like a big hockey player. And so Herman asks him or through Casey, like asks him to be like a co or an assistant coach on their team. And then they end up taking the kids that they just drafted to like paint his house or something or somebody's house that's related to the chaplains. I think it's the chaplain's house. Um, and it was just like a really sweet moment that even came out of this like funny storyline of Pee Wee hockey. Um, so I just really thought like, I really love the Pee Wee hockey stuff. Um, and that's another instance of it being kind of an extension of a character because you see that and you're just like, that sounds about right for Herman. Yeah, and I mean, even into the Pee Wee Hockey Championship Part 2 because in that, the whole thing is that Lee Henry is not good. But because he's Lee Henry, 
Herman isn't going to not start him. <laughs> and so, but Otis and Chaplin and Cruz are like, yeah, like, guys, we got to figure out a way to tell Herman that, like, he can't start his kid. But Herman's such a dedicated father that he's like, no. And Lee Henry, it turns out, like, isn't in that that into hockey anyway. So he's totally fine with, like, sitting out and like, being benched. It's really fine. Um, but even that what part, too, like, you see that, like, Herman is such a dedicated father that, like, he wants his kid to, like, start and, like, so he can brag about him. But <laughs> Lee Henry actually hates hockey, so it's fine. Um, so, yeah. Go on to your next one, Brian, because this is another high point on my list when I think of comedic storylines. What, Borelli? The Borelli stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, another one of mine. This was one that honestly was, like, came to me immediately. Was, so, in Free... 413 and 414 because it carried over into both um one of my favorite moments is when Borelli ends up boxing Antonio in the battle of the badges between PD and fire it's just it's such a great I love those moments where like everyone comes around for like one event kind of thing so like you got to see a lot of members of the PD I mean Trudy was there Burgess was there um Ruzik was there, and then Antonio obviously was fighting, and it was supposed to be Roman fighting, so Roman's, like, Antonio's coach. Um, it's just, like, a really good moment. I mean, there's a lot of funny things that happen, I mean, and a lot of funny lines. Like, one of – they're, like, training Borelli, and so, like, Herman's there, Cruz, like, a bunch of them are there, and Herman's, like – hey, Cruz, do you know where we could get a live chicken at this time of night? Because I guess it's, like, late. And Cruz is like, why would you think I would know that? Like, <laughs> what the hell? And then at one point, like, Gabby and Antonio and Cruz are all speaking in Spanish about Herman. And, like, Herman's standing right there. And, like, they're just laughing about something funny. Like, it's just funny. And then, like, Connie's the ring girl. And so it's just, like, she has this big deal. And she's like, do you guys have a ring girl? And they're like, I don't know if we really need one. And then they want something out of her. And so she's like, I'll do whatever, like, this thing that you want if I can be the ring girl. And they're like, okay, fine. <laughs> and, like, Mouch is the referee. And Antonio's got this long hair in this scene that's just, like, so unfortunate. Like, I don't know why. It's, like, terrible hair in this scene. <laughs> it's just, like, I don't know. Like, I just love everything about that whole thing. So, I mean, when I hear comedic storylines on, on fire, the two things that immediately come to mind, obviously we covered, you know, Kruzumba was the first thing that comes to mind. The second was a line right out of this episode when Gabby is kind of proving herself to Herman of like, yeah, I kind of know what I'm talking about. She punches him by accident and out in the corner standing over by the ring is Cruz and he just goes, still want me to get that chicken? That's like the first line that pops into my head when I think of comedy storylines. It's so good, too. And I mean, even in the moment, like, Borelli, I mean, you know, because in the actual fight, so Borelli ends up being able to land a punch on Antonio. And then Antonio's kind of like shaken up for a second. But then you can see like the switches turn in his head. And he's like gonna go after Borelli with like everything he's got. And Gabby's like, oh, no. Oh, God. And then Antonio just like... (laughs) KOs Borelli like out cold and everyone's like ooh and it's just like it's just really funny I also remembered the clip when they pan over into the crowd and you just see Burgess being like kill him and I'm like that's wow Kim yeah because even before that when K or when Borelli lands the punch on Antonio the fire side's like yeah and then like PD's like what the fuck's going on Antonio and then it like reverses when Antonio it's just really funny which is it's kind of ironic too that like that's one of my favorite comedy storylines 
because it's in the moment like I, so I went and rewatched those episodes just because I like wanted to like get the full picture for this mm-hmm. and they're going through this whole thing and that's when Chili's all like MIA and like Chili's going through her like downslide and stuff and I was like I was like you know what it's really funny that like one of my least favorite parts of fire ever with like the whole chili stuff is like in in the midst of all that is nestled in like one of my favorite parts of fire with this comedy storyline so it's just like kind of funny and ironic but yeah yeah so funny that's a good one really really good highlight uh, another one that stands out to me is the plouch wedding only for one scene um when Platt is in the back at Molly's with Gabby and Kim, and we're basically in a time period where Gabby and Casey are going through kind of something something weird at the point at that moment. Burgess and Ruzik have broken up, and Platt's freaking out about the wedding, and she just goes, "Who am I kidding? I'm talking to two of you who can't even hold down a man." And they cut to Burgess, and she just takes a giant swig of the vodka. I'm like, "Oh, that's hilarious." That's yeah. The Platt wedding is really good. And, like, there's some yeah. things that listeners suggested, like, matches Bachelor Party leading up to that that we'll talk about when we get to that. But, yeah. Solid. Yeah. So another one of mine comes from the two-hour movie event last season in season six. So 614 and 615. And it's Cap's squad anniversary slash, like, chair storyline, like, the present to himself. So one of the things, so, like, basically, Severide and... I don't remember who else is, maybe kid, like, walks in, and they're like, what's this? And Cap's like, it's, a, you know, a little present to myself. It's my squad anniversary. And Cruz is like, he made Rescue Squad on this date nine years ago. And then Severide's like, didn't you have to go back for retraining seven years ago? And Cap's like, once in squad, always in squad. And then, like, Gabby and Casey come in and see it, and Gabby's like, this is going to be the Gabriella Dawson nap chair or whatever and then tony has this like iconic line he's like i knew this was a bad idea <laughs> it's just like really good. <laughs> but then the chair it like continues because then i don't remember if it's third shift or first shift but like one of the shifts comes in and steals cap's chair and puts it on the roof <laughs> it's just like a great i mean especially because like cap and tony really don't get a ton of moments so for them to, for cap to get like this whole storyline of like something as silly as like a chair for his squad anniversary present it's just like really funny i love the hangover move at the end with the ca- with the chair on the ceiling i mean it's really good is that the movie event where otis is shot <laughs> yeah okay. yeah i mean it's really sad when you have to keep track of the movie events and being like is that the one where platt explodes at the news station or is that the one where otis is shot or like what horrible thing happened in this one yeah but yeah it is the one where otis and stella are shot and yeah but i love that comedy storyline just like so much that's solid that's a really good one um our my next one and your next one are actually the same what? Oh, so, Cruz so, teaching yeah, yeah. everyone Spanish by watching telenovelas from this season? Yeah, and that's from this season, and I mean, it almost immediately jumped to the top of my list. It's, it, it's thinking back on it, it was one, I mean, it's still one of the best ones, I mean, it clearly, it made both of our lists, like, it's one of the best comedy storylines, I think, like, this show's ever done. So, okay, let's dive into this because, I mean, it's recent, right? And again, it just jumped right to the top of our list. What is it about this one that is so freaking funny? 
I think for me, it just ended up being like the way they get so obsessed with the telenovelas reminds me of the way that like we talk about television. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is. Like, it's not even just like that they can't pronounce Spanish words or that like at first Herman doesn't even care to. I mean, those are always funny. But like when they have this moment where they're walking out of the firehouse and Mouch and Otis are so enthralled that they're just like can't stop obsessing over it and asking questions and why. Like, it sounds like the way we talk about television, just in our texts and our normal daily lives. And like, not just with me and you, but like the way I talk about it with my friends. So I just like, I think that's why it's just so relatable. Yeah, I think I love it because of how well it tied into the episode because it all stemmed from the very first call. Right. Yeah. And it just tied in from there and just hilarity ensued. But I mean, yeah. Oh, my God. And then, I mean, Cruz just putting the the index cards with the words on them all around the station and then being like, what? What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, well, and then he puts the one on the television, and the television in Spanish is television, so, like, it's not that different. And I'm just like, oh, I could have guessed that. Like, <laughs> it's just funny. And then also, too, like, how, you know, they're so enthralled. Like, everybody's so enthralled. And Cruz is like, you know we can watch sports now. Like, we don't have to keep watching the telenovelas. And they're like, no, no, no. Shh. We need to see what happens with Enrique or whatever the fuck his name, the guy. But, yeah, it's just really funny. Oh, my God. I, I love that one so much. It's just so perfect. And, I, I mean, it's perfect for all of them, too. You're like, yeah, this sounds about right. Otis and Mouch and Herman and everybody would get totally sucked into a telenovela. Yeah. I mean, especially, like, telenovelas are, I mean, like, that is, like, telenovelas are made to be, like, as outrageous as possible so that you can, like, talk about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recently caught one because when I'm watching soccer, sometimes they air on the Spanish station and then like afterwards it'll start up a telenovela and I caught like five minutes and I was like, wow, this is something. Did you ever watch, you haven't watched The Virgin yet, have you? I have not. Gotta get on that, Gina. So good. I, I'm binging two things at once right now. No, I, I want at this point you should just wait because they're, they're getting ready to start their final season. So like it does, you know, mm-hmm. then you could just watch the whole series, but like highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've recently started a 10 season binge and the episode counts are ridiculous. So I'm going to be busy with that for a while. Probably a till while. ATX at least. At least until ATX. Oh yeah, for sure. So although I'm almost done with season one, so that puts me on like a two week pace. So yeah, probably till ATX. Whew, yeah. yeah. Did you oh, have yes. another one? Um, I had Cruz Zumba, I had the writing fiction, I had the telenovelas, I had another one. I had another one, and now I'm blanking. Um, crap, I'm totally blanking. Go on, and if I remember it, So I'll why don't we dive into Cruz Zumba, because not only was it, I mean, I didn't have it necessarily on my list, but, like, obviously it was the first thing that came to mind. It's on your list. It's on Derek's list. I think 10 million pe- listeners sent it to us. Why don't we actually dive into Cruz Zumba? And, like, why we love Cruz Zumba so much. (laughs) I mean, I just remember it being hilarious. I barely remember the episode. I remember Brett wanted to be more active. She wanted to find some workout class. She found it. And then Cruz ended up being the Zumba instructor. Yeah. Well, and then he makes her keep it a secret. (laughs) And so they're, like, bonding over the Zumba secret in, like, secret. And everyone kind of gets a little, like... Or they start to notice and they're like, what the fuck's going on with Brett and Cruz? Like, is something, like, actually going on between them? And then somebody corners Brett, and I don't remember what it is. 
Oh, it must be Gabby. And so Brett tells Gabby, and then Gabby tells Casey, and then Casey tells Mouch, and then it just goes and spirals. And then Cruz shows up at the end, like at the end of the episode, like Cruz shows up to class, and everybody minus Severide, Severide's in bed with Brittany, I think. Oh God, Brittany! <laughs> yeah, I know Brittany. Throwback. Um, but like everybody's there at this class, and Cruz gets nervous and he doesn't want to do it, and he's like, No, 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 no. And then Casey's like, no, we're here, we're ready, let's do it. And then they do it, and I just, I love looking in the background at, like, everyone's face as they do the Zumba. But that's honestly my favorite part. Oh, it's just the most perfect ending. And I mean, that's like, if you want to find a scene that just, like, epitomizes, like, the family aspect of this show, that final scene where they're all doing Zumba is 110% it. For sure. And I mean, like, even, like, literally everyone's there. Like, Cap's there. Tony's there. I mean, this was back when Newhouse was around. So, like, Newhouse is there. Mills. Mills. I mean, Gabby, Casey, Brett, Mouch, Herman, Odin. It's like, they're all there. Like, literally everyone but Severide is there. And Bowden. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. yeah. I would not have mind seeing Severide in a Zumba class. I want to see more of Severide being funny. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good season eight wish list item. Yeah, throwing that out there. We should jot that down. But yeah. So, I mean, again, and I think just to knowing that Joe Minoso is, or I don't, I guess he's still technically certified, but like at one point was actually legitimately certified to teach Zumba classes and did teach Zumba classes. Like that's, I think also what makes it 10 times funnier is just knowing that this is something that grew from Joe Minoso's passion for it. Um, I, I think that's also makes it a really great storyline. It's just classic. And I remember Fire posting the extended Zumba scene towards the end. Like, I guess it was just one of the takes where they did like the, the final scene with a group of them. And like, as they're like walking off camera, you see Christian Stolte just throw up like double barrel middle fingers. Like, it's so funny. There's an extended so cut version of this. Yeah, well, there was. I mean, I can go back and dig and see if I can find it on their YouTube channel. Uh, but what? yeah, but yeah, there was an extended version of the Zumba scene that they posted. What? How have I never seen this before? Damn. I know. I, I, I'll go back and dig through their YouTube page, see if I can find it. Damn. Man, I'd love to. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and I think, I think everyone, I mean, I know, like, Joe gets this a lot. I remember him talking about it at Con, and I'm sure Derek does, too. Just, like. Bring it back. Just like, please, please bring it back. I think that's been on everybody's wish list since season two. Three. It happens at three. Three, three. Season three, yes. Yeah. 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 So that's just, that's a classic. So I guess let's talk about some of the other ones that we got sent. But let's start with Derek, though. Because Derek, so we threw it out. Since Derek suggested, we were like, well, Derek, like, you have to send us yours. Mm-hmm. So Derek sent us his and one of his, you know, not in any particular order, but Brett and Mouch writing romance novels, of course. Absolutely. The food truck for Molly. So Molly throwing it back to Molly's two, um, which was the idea that Joe and Cruz and Mouch had. And, you know, basically the whole I, I'm assuming this is the specific not just the fact that they came up with the idea, but like the whole way that like Molly's two kind of ended with, um, I think they're at like some Christmas something or another. And they're like, 
Herman gets interviewed on the news and someone like took the brake off of Molly's too. So then it like goes flying down the hill. It's funny as hell. Is that the Santa Bites episode? I think so. It's like season two. I think I actually think it's when Gabby and Casey break up for like the umpteenth time. So I, that'd be season three. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That sounds about right. I think so. Because I remember I remember Gabby and Casey having like an I'm sorry we fought hug and then like being around a food truck. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Yeah, sounds yeah. about right. Um, so Jarek also had Cruz Zumba on his list. Mouch's bachelor party, which is, a lot of people suggested us, which is just like a great, Solid. great moment. So, I, shit, Mouch's bachelor party would have been season four. Yeah, because Borelli is there. So season four, <laughs> I don't remember what episode. Um, basically, I think it's Trudy's cousin. Or brother. Is it her brother? I thought it was her brother. I don't remember. I hate I don't remember. But anyway, somebody related to Trudy that Mouch is not like he's a little weird. So Mouch is like, I got to have to put up with this guy or whatever, like is in charge of throwing because Trudy wants him to be Trudy wants him to be is in charge of throwing the bachelor party. And so this guy is like, oh, we're going to, you know, watch all the Lord of the Rings movies in a row. And, you know, it's going to be a real party. And everyone's just, like, dreading going. So, like, the funny moment is, you know, them going up in the elevator and everyone's – and Mouch is like, you guys can leave at any time. Like, I promise. Like, I love that you guys are here, but, like, I hate that this is what we're doing. And Herman's just like, yeah, 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 whatever. And then they, like, open the door because they're, like, at a hotel suite. And they see, you know, like, the strippers in there. And, like, everyone – it was all a plan to throw Mouch off. And, like, Trudy actually was in on it, too. Um, <clears throat> it's just – it's really funny. So funny. I will never forget that end scene where they all climb back in the elevator, like, exhausted and, like, down. Yeah, down. they're all, like, hungover. It's really funny. Severide's, like, chugging water. Oh, so funny. Um, so, so perfect. So then Derek also had the Mud 100. And then, <laughs> like I said, Cindy's storyline coming up in the next episode. The Mud 100 is the one with Stella and Otis, right? When they all end up going to Molly's and, like, they're all covered in mud and Herman's like stop it and then like all the competitors come in yeah it was from last season so good so good yeah so we also had like we said a bunch of you guys sent in suggestions which is really great um so I'll just run through some of them so Hannah Hannah said I love Chout on Chicago Fire and the other paramedic the depressed one yes Chout yes Macaulay Okay. Those are all, whenever they come, we're always just like, oh, yes, Chat Macaulay. Like, I, I do love Chat Macaulay. I, if we're talking about Macaulay, the one that jumps out is, because Macaulay's the doom and gloom one, right? When something happens, he's like, oh, you're a god. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. it. Like, oh, crap. Uh, when he was paired with Brett and, like, somebody had crashed a car or something and Macaulay was being all worst case scenario and Brett thought he was lying when he said he couldn't see. And so, like, Brett did something where he she went to, like, unzip her jacket or something, and his his eyes, like, diverted right to her, and Brett was like, yep, you're full of shit. That's, like, a standout Macaulay moment to me. Um, Chout's had a bunch. I mean, Chout's just Chout. I know. Yeah. I, I, I love I, – that's, like, I wouldn't have thought of them. I mean, granted, because it's not necessarily a storyline, but they are, like, a big part of, like, the comedy stuff, too, whenever they appear. Um, so I – oh, I guess – it wasn't Chow, but the other Macaulay, I mean, the most recent one was from the Chili Cook-Off. 
yeah. It was Macaulay and the other oh, guy. Oh, what is his name? The guy from the Sonic commercials. Yeah, 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 yeah. That name, nobody's name that we ever remember. But he's another paramedic that's popped up, you know, a couple times. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Trout and Macaulay are always really great. So good, um, so good. And then Carol H. said, Kelly and Mouch about Mouch not getting married, which I... Yes. Yeah. Um, Kate in said, of course, the Mouch bachelor party is the best. I also love the ping pong table, which is classic. Yes, yes. And the Christmas parade. I think that's the Molly's too. It's the Christmas parade. Okay. I think. Unless there's another Christmas parade that I'm forgetting. Honestly, I'm blanking on the Christmas parade. I'm going to have to go back and look. But the ping pong table is classic. Yes, I definitely remember the ping pong table. So good. And the other thing, like, why does ping pong table, like, bring out funny moments? Like, I feel like I'm thinking of a couple shows that have always used a ping pong table to bring, like, as, like, comedy runners. I think it's probably because it brings out the competitive aspect in certain people. And then, I mean, you've always got the physical comedy aspect, which, like, anytime there's a ping pong table on television, somebody's going to break a window. It never fails. Um, That's always funny. And then, like, because I was having this conversation with a friend the other day because I'm not a competitive person, but you put a Jenga set in front of me. And if, if my boyfriend and I are playing Jenga, like, I get competitive. And so, I mean, I think that can be kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I definitely think yeah. it's definitely something about the competitive nature. But Kate went on to say, you know, like, I'm sure I'm forgetting others, but this is what fire does so well. Yes, 100% yeah, agree. Yeah. The ping pong table is when it's right after they lose Louie, right? Because I remember Casey being really pissed off about yeah, it. Yeah, it's in season four or five. Yeah. Or maybe even been when they got him back and his father came back in the picture. But it's definitely around the Louie time. Okay. Um, for sure. Yeah. Um, Katie said when Brett and Mouch were writing Fire, or the romance novels, yes. Absolutely. Serena said the Vegas wedding. I don't know if I would consider the Vegas wedding comedy necessarily, just because of, like, I mean, it's ultimately what led Severide to, like, break down um, mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. Shay. But I definitely, I mean, the reactions around the Vegas wedding are definitely, like, comedy and, like, everyone freaking out. And the fact that just, too, that, like, I remember, obviously, they're, like, trying to get, like, Severide's trying to get everyone to go with him to Vegas. And everyone, like, comes with an, up an, with an excuse. And Cap's excuse for not going is, like, his mom has a yard sale or something like that. And then once they come back and Severide announces that he got married in Vegas... Like, Severide leaves the room or something, and Herman, like, hits him on the back, Cap on the back of the head, and he's like, see, this is what happens when you leave him alone in Vegas, and Cap's like, my mom had a yard sale, I need to be there, or something along those lines, (laughs) it's just, like, really funny. I just remember that scene when Severide sits down, and he just, like, throws up his hand, and he's like, I got married! (laughs) And I I think, like, I mean, yeah, it's funny, but I think it's, like, more nervous laughter from everybody. We're like, Severide did what? Yeah. Like, there are things around the Vegas wedding, and, like, obviously, of course, the idea of a Vegas wedding is funny, but, like, ultimately, the Vegas wedding storyline and, like, Brittany coming in the picture and dealing with her own tragedy is, like, ultimately what made Severide, like, break down and, Mm -hmm. you know finally feel what he needed to feel about Shay so yeah 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 and I mean if we're gonna keep talking funny moments I mean this is kind of not even on the show but just in like fandom history really um the episode it might be the chopper crash but basically Brittany and Severide are married and they're on a call 
and Brittany rolls up, or not even before she even rolls up, uh, Severide checks his phone at one point, and he's got, like, 37 missed messages from Brittany. Yeah, it's the Chopper Cash episode. Yeah, yeah, and so I think this is kind of when we realize that, like, the Twitter accounts for these shows are absolutely gold, because that was the first time they ever made, like, a really sarcastic, hilarious tweet, and, like, the Fire account retweeted, or they, like, they tweeted the, the, the meme or the picture of the gif, and the caption was just, like, when Bay has no chill, and, like, all you see is, like, Severide's screen, and it just says, like, 37 missed messages, and, like, Twitter lost it, so that's, I mean, another really funny comedy moment that we got out of... Severide and Brittany, which, like, I don't think they were meant to be funny, but, like, they were funny. Yeah. I mean, there were not, like I said, there were some comedy things around it, but, like, that storyline was definitely, I don't think, meant to be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So, Serene said, when Herman says Limfow for LMFAO, <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily a storyline, but, like, definitely a funny moment. It's a good one. Did you catch Station 19, not last week, but the week before? When they first came back? Yeah. 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 When Pruitt asks Travis, he's like, what's a cardib? <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's like, I think you mean Cardi B. <laughs> what's a cardib? <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, Emily said, Gabby trying to help Otis get a date. Is this when she makes him shave his mustache? I don't remember. I, like, remember briefly looking up this, and then I was, like, because I don't remember this at all. Um, but, like, I don't remember. I don't think so. I feel like it might have been, because I remember Gabby had, like, multiple steps, and then she made him shave the stash, and then, like, nobody recognized him. Or It was something weird. Maybe. I don't remember. I so don't remember funny, so this funny. one. I need to look it up. But, I mean, like, again, another one that... I'm sure it's hysterical. There's just been so many. Um, Jamie said, Cruz and Zumba, nothing better than watching the guys from 51 trying to dance. Yes. Um, Jessica T said, Otis in the Koya... I can never say that word. The, the Japanese the, robot. The Japanese robot, yes. Classic. The, my, my favorite part of that is when he finally programs the damn thing to work. And I mean, this is like a tiny little... It's like a motorized car, basically. And like... It goes to deploy and like the nozzle thing comes up and it's just like a squirt of like dish soap. And Otis is like, just get ready. Like, it's going to work. It's going to be great. Oh, my goodness. And it just goes, ping. <laughs> oh, my God. Hilarious. And I think in that same episode is when one of the other shifts like cover, they cover the thing in lollipops or something. Yes. <laughs> so good. Poor Otis. So good. Um, and then Allison G sent in a bunch. She said, anytime Stella and Otis compete with each other, the Mud Hundred driving the truck. The chess game, always true. Yes. So good. Um, take your daughter to work day with Annabelle and Minnie Platt. Mm-hmm. Always a good one. Um, and then Solid. Brett and Mouch writing the Firehouse romance novel, especially the first scene when everyone is reading the online fic and they realize the writer is someone from 51. Love it. The reactions to Severide coming home married after his Vegas trip. Yeah, like, so, uh, again, not necessarily the fact that Severide got married in Vegas, but, like, some of the stuff around it. Um, she said Cruz's Zumba instructor, Bowden's calendar, and the Polar Plunge yes. were both great during this current season. The Bowden calendar one is another one that I, I almost made my list. I love that whole thing. That's the one that I was forgetting was the Bowden calendar. Absolutely. So good. And so awesome and so, so Donna that she would just, like, have one just kind of stashed. Stashed. 
Right. Well, and also that's where, I mean, kind of what you were talking about, the fact that we've seen Casey get in a little bit more involved. I mean, that is, I mean, Casey get, that's like kind of the one that I feel like breaks out Casey's comedy side. Cause like Casey's leading the charge to like go on this search to different people or no, that's the medals. Never mind. Wrong, wrong comedy storyline. I'm thinking of that's when they're looking for Benny's medals, but you know, the medals is actually one that I, I don't, I didn't like it. You didn't like the medals? No, to me, that was, like, forgettable. I don't know. I was just, I, I think it's, I think that's one that just kind of got overshadowed by the dramatic stuff going on. Like, they didn't balance each other very well. It was so heavy that Benny had just died that I wasn't really focused on comic relief. But, yeah, I guess I'm getting them mixed up because I think they're, like, maybe in back-to-back episodes. But, mm-hmm. but either way, the calendar is still a great one. Um, and then she says, she asks, like, two questions. So she's, like, not necessarily storyline, but what about favorite one-liners? Um, Cap and Tony have so many great ones. And there are definitely others, like, cruises. I've seen the, I've seen highway accidents less horrific than how you just handled that. (laughs) Um, I mean, the one that still stands out to me is still want me to get that chicken. Um. Oh, God. I'm terrible with liners, one-liners. Tony, I think Tony had one about reading that was, like, a recent one that I know cracked you up. Yeah, I, shit, what was it? I don't think it was recent. I want to say it was maybe last season. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm terrible at remembering, remembering one-liners, even if they do crack me up. But there's definitely a lot of even just, like, if it's not necessarily part of, like, a comedy storyline, there are definitely a lot of just, like, good, funny lines. And I do agree that, like, Cap and Tony get a bunch of them. Um, and then Cruz also, I feel like it's a good amount of them too. So, or, and Mount. I mean, they all do, but. Ooh, I have a good funny moment that I thought of. It's not necessarily a storyline. It's just a moment that's pretty funny is, uh, early season two when we're getting to know Jay and they, they present Jay to us as like a bad boy, right? Which is just. Oh, the Long Island iced tea one. That's a good one. That's a good one. I wasn't even thinking of that. Um, I was thinking of when. Ben and Griffin are still with Casey and they're playing around at some playground or something. Gabby's with them and Jay calls her and Gabby's like, oh, it's it's Jay. Like, you know, it's that guy. And Casey's just like, want me to have a talk with him? I'm like, uh, have a talk? Like, really? Okay, that's Jay Halstead you're talking about. But go, you do you, Casey. Like, go ahead. Yeah. That's always a funny well, one. Well, the one I thought you were going to say was like the moment that Gabby and Jay meet, there's something – because Jay asked for, like, two Long Island iced teas, and Gabby's like, that's not what I think you should order, or something like that. And I don't remember, she, like, dissed Long Island iced teas, and I just remember, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's funny. Um, <laughs> but then Allison also asked, and so kind of, like, on topic, but a little off, she said, can we also talk about early seasons of PD? She said, you guys discussed a question on the pod a few weeks ago about whether the nature of police work means PD is inherently has less comedic moments. And I would actually disagree. Police work can have a lot of downtime, stakeouts, driving to locations, waiting for warrants, etc. And we really saw how the show could use those breaks for comedic storylines in the first few seasons. I don't think that is the style of the show anymore, but when it was run by the same showrunners as Fire, we saw a lot more comedy, even in very serious episodes. Yeah, I agree. There are some really great PD one-liners from the early seasons. I can probably think of like three off the top of my head. Yeah, and she sent uh, some. I'm going to look them up while go ahead if you think of one off the top of your head, but she definitely sent some that I'm going to look up. So, I mean, the 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 one that sticks out in my mind is the warehouse episode in season two with Burgess and Roman. 
because uh, Intelligence basically has the B story in that episode. So Burgess and Roman are trapped in the warehouse, but Intelligence is doing like taser recertification. And Voight and Al are like just hold away in their office because they're like, screw this. We're not doing it. And so when Voight walks away from the taser guy, the taser guy says something and he's just like, well, you know, you got to recertify or whatever. And Voight just goes, nah, I'll just stick to tickling perps to death. Yeah. And that always makes me laugh out loud. That's hilarious. Yeah, um, that was one. So I've Al, that was one Allison said the stun gun training with the same guy who did the Thanksgiving drug testing on fire. Which is a great film. Yeah. I don't think I ever noticed that he's the same guy, but that's a really great pickup. Um, yeah. She said Lindsay and Hall said coming up with a cover story for her high school reunion, um, which of <laughs> course is like during a very serious episode. Um, but you know that's always just a light moment. Um, and then she said when Burgess tries to protect Clet's job, only to find out she was actually talking to a reporter. Yes, that's a good one. That's a good one. I can think of a couple Linstead ones. I can. I, so I have two more. So off of that last one, also if we're mm-hmm. going back to fire though, do you remember when Mills, I guess it was right after when Mills made Squad and they thought they were like playing pranks on him and he like said a lot of shit to a reporter um, and then for a second they were like, well, it wasn't us. Like we didn't play any pranks on you. So then Matt Mills is like trying to cover up with this reporter that like, not to use all the quotes and it turns out it was like Bowden playing a prank on him and then Mills is like <laughs> I made it like Bowden played a prank on me like I'm in um so that's something funny um if we're talking about PD going back to PD though I mean Larissa's funny line of at least called ambulance Peterson I mean <laughs> iconic like I actually iconic yes Yes. Um, his stand-up set period. That's pretty funny. Well, I'm thinking of the one he did in the episode. The one he did in the episode was a little bit more, like, meaningful. The one he did at Con was really, really funny. Um, I mean, a couple Linstead ones that pop out. I mean, there's the one where they go to the sex club. And it's not even so much a one-liner as it is just when Ruzik says something and Aaron's like, everybody put your tongues back in your mouth. And Ruzik's like, there's so much I could say. And Jay does the motion where he like points at his eyes and like points at Ruzik. Yeah. That's well, an then also line. in that moment when they go and talk to the guy working by the bar for whatever reason, and if they say something, you know, they're talking about it and they're like, Jay's like playtime for my girl. Like, yes! <laughs> literally just like one of the best moments ever. That's like the one line of PD that I will quote out loud like I'm watching Mean Girls. Like when they get to that part and he's like, playtime for my girl. Like I will quote that like I'm watching Mean Girls and be like, stop trying to make fetch happen. Like, so perfect. That's a great one. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's just, I mean, I think what we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, I mean, I think it's just like, comparatively to fire i mean they have less comedic moments and i think Mm -hmm. fire has definitely done them for the most part better than pd has but Mm -hmm. i do i mean Mm -hmm. i do think allison brings up a really good point though about how like police work does have a lot of downtime just like firefighting does and so there are good ways for them to like naturally fit in comedic moments if they want to yeah just not yeah. now. We just don't get that now because now everyone is in intelligence except for Platt. And so we don't see as much of the patrol stuff. So we it's, like, very serious now. Um, oh, there's also the one when Burgess and Roman get the dent in the car and they have to, like, they spend the whole episode trying to fix it. Yeah. 
Oh, and there's also the one where they uh, at water. I'm sorry. Um, they also is the one where they um, is Burgess and Roman, I think. Yeah, and there's like a girl who comes into the um, district and she's selling chocolate bars, and then she ends up stealing Kim's badge. Um, yes, or star, yes. and that's that's also a really good one. I love that one when she's like, if I see you in that uniform again, you'll be a different flavor of sorry. And Roman just goes, well, what flavor is that? And she's like, shut up. <laughs> as much as I didn't, I mean, we've talked about like how much we don't really like Roman. Roman did provide a lot of like com- good comedy moments for the show. Go on. I'm just saying like I he mean- was, I mean, he got, he and Birch had two seasons of like being on patrol together. So like, Technically, even more comedy moments than she had with Atwater, just because of the nature of yeah. how long. I'm just saying. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of funny moments with Roman, and nothing's really coming to mind. And that's not because I can't stand him. It's just that I can't think of anything. I just also haven't watched old episodes of PD in a while, so I'm not fresh. Um, so. Ooh, I can think of a couple. Okay, so when. Um... When Ruzik goes undercover and Rixton comes in and Aaron and Jay are kind of like bickering. Um, Rixton has two really funny quick little ones where like Aaron and Jay are bickering. They walk away and he goes up to Outwater and he's like, so Aaron and Jay are dating, right? And Outwater's like, yep. And Rixton's like, okay, like, got it. Cool. That's a good one. And then that same episode, like Ruzwater has a moment where Ruzik's like, what's going on with them? And Atwater's like, I don't know. You ask them. And Ruzik's like, hell no, you ask them. Like, that's a good one. I love how you just work Nick into this. Like, I yeah. love how, that you just work Nick into this because. It's true, though. There were funny moments when he was there. I know. I need to go back and watch his episodes. I haven't seen them in a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there were funny moments. And then there's, there's the other ones. They have a Bruce case and Rickson's with them, too. too. And, um... I think a guy, think a guy gets, like, gets, like, castrated or something. Something, like, really gruesome happens. And, like, either Atwater goes up to Rixton or Rixton goes up to Atwater and is, like, want to see the pics from the crime scene? And they're, like, nope. Like, <laughs> that's a good one. Nope. No, thank one. you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. We love Nick Wexler. You guys know that, though. Yeah. Love Nick Wexler. Uh, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think I mean, maybe we should at some point do... Like, a, we could do a whole PD episode on this, too. Um, but there's just, I mean, like we said, fire, going back to fire, which was Derek's specific thing that we were talking about. I mean, we've said it before. We'll, cause say, we'll say it again. I'm sure we will say it again in the future, too. Like, fire really is the best at comedy. They are, hands down. They just, they're able to do it so naturally and effort, effortlessly. I mean... They have a lot of comedic geniuses on that, and this is so good. So, if I tell you to think of like a comedic moment from Chicago Med, can you think of any? Oh God, are we talking about like intentionally funny or unintentionally funny? Probably intentionally funny. Uh, not off the top of my head. Same. No. We'll have to brainstorm that. I wonder, though, if that's what we're talking... I mean, like, if that kind of goes back to what Allison was saying. I mean, like, PD... I mean, obviously, they had showrunner shifts, and so now it's a very different show. But, like, in Mm -hmm. the beginning, 
PD and fire were done by the same guys. And mm-hmm. so, like, when we think about PD moments, too, like, a lot of the funny moments come from when Matt Olmstead and Derek were running it. So, mm-hmm. and now, I mean, like, I wouldn't say anything recently in fire has, that's, or in PD has been funny. Um, mm-hmm. But Med has always had different showrunners and writers and producers. And so I get, I mean, I think it's always intended to be, like, a drama. And it's never really had funny moments, per se. Right. Whereas, like, for a while, I mean, PD, the idea was PD, you know, it had the patrol storyline, which was funny, and then it balanced it with the intelligence stuff. Yeah. So, maybe that's why. I can think of some unintentionally funny moments from Ed, but that also, I think, comes more from, like, the podcast and, like, us talking about it all the time. Because, like, the first thing comes to mind, which is what I just recently posted on Instagram, was, like, the guy from 304 of Med having shit in his chest. <laughs> Us just, like, dying over that. Oh, that throwback clip. Oh, so funny. It's really good. If you haven't seen it, it's on our Instagram, at Me to Somalis, which you should be following if you're not already, because we're yeah, posting a lot more over there and being a lot more active over there. So, Yes. Yes, yes. But, yeah, I think that's... Unless you have think of anything else last minute that you want to talk about. I can't think of any last minute comedic storylines. Um, Derek, thank you for the suggestion for the topic. Um, I know we put you on the spot, but it was literally a, and, and that's an idea that we really just were like, okay, and just ran with it. So thank you for the suggestion, Derek. That was a really good idea. It made me go back and think of, like, obviously, because I started watching uh, old episodes and doing some research, it made me think of some ideas that maybe we'll tackle in the summer. So, yeah. Um, yeah, thank you, Derek. This was really fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really, really But fun. yeah, so as always, you guys know where to follow us on social media. But in case you don't, Meet Us at Molly's right across the board. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Meet Us at, like I said, Meet Us at Molly's. We're posting a lot more on Instagram and trying to be better about Facebook too, but Instagram specifically. So go follow us over there. Um, as always, if you want have questions, anything you want to talk, us about, talk to us about, Meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. Um, you can also follow us individually on Twitter. I am at BrianaK13. Gina. I am at Gina Watches TV. And yeah, we will be back this week. We're going to recap an episode. I think we decided we're going to do 516 when the firehouse gets held hostage. I think that's what we decided mm-hmm. on. Which it's honestly, Gina texted me that because somebody had emailed it to us and I forget who it is off the top of my head, but I will make sure we mention it when we actually do it. And I literally was like, I have no idea, no recollection of that whatsoever. And then I went back and watched it and it's a great episode, but I had no recollection of that whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, it was Angela. She's the one who suggested it was Angela. Yeah, so we're going to take Angela's suggestion this week and do that. But like I said, I had no recollection of that. Even after watching it, I was like, this was great. I don't remember this at all. <laughs> like, And it was funny because, like, even there's that gif of Stella punching a guy that, like, I'll post occasionally. And I was like, that gif is from that episode. And you were like, uh, this, I still don't know. Uh, yeah, I – and even, like I said, even after watching it, I was like, that was great. I don't remember this. <laughs> but – So funny. Yeah. So – so, We will see you guys on Friday for that episode. But until then, bye, everybody. Bye. Have a good week.